largest infrastructure project the city's ever seen. We're making history here. This project was built for Kansas City by Kansas City. They're still employing people to this very day. It's so warm and welcoming. This just represents the growth of the city. A new tradition, new opportunities, and opportunities that truly reflect our whole region and its diversity. Something that Kansas City is going to be proud of for, for generations to come. Hello, welcome to KSHP 41's limited series podcast, Now Boarding, Gear 1 of KCI's Single Terminal. I'm Taylor Hymnus, morning anchor at KSHP 41. If this is your first episode of this series, welcome. And don't worry, there's no need to listen to each episode in order. I started this podcast because I like time capsules, honestly. And this first year of the new terminal gives KC the opportunity for a great one. In each episode of this series, I'm showcasing the voice, or in this case, the voices, of people with specific and important opinions on the new terminal at KCI. This is episode five, and in it, I'm talking with Jordan Pierce and Jennifer Finley of SOM. That's the architecture and design firm behind the new terminal. Jordan is based in San Francisco, and he's the terminal's senior designer. Jennifer's in New York, and she's the technical design lead and architect. SOM, if you didn't know, works on projects all around the world, but their aviation division is based in New York. I wanted to talk about the design process, sure, but also what it's like for the designers to look back once a project is complete and how they keep track of how it's operating after the work is done. Hope you'll enjoy. So I'll start with Jordan, because the way that, that you guys explain this to me is Jordan... Your senior, your uh, senior designer for a terminal project means you did a lot of your heavy lifting, so to speak, no pun intended, leading up to before any hammers hit the ground, so to speak, and, and designing this thing. Jennifer's role was more once we're getting into construction and, and building this design and making sure what ends up in the world is what was on the page. So I'll start with Jordan. Jordan, when did SOM get called into this i'm sure there was a bid process and that kind of thing we don't have to go into the details of how they won the job but tell me about why som would be interested in a project like a new terminal in kansas city yeah absolutely so you know we do work as you said all over the world and one of the things that we do that's very few firms in the world do is work on large terminal projects just like kci uh and frankly in the us very few new terminals like this are built on an annual basis so it was a really unique opportunity to work in kansas city on a project of this scale that was this complex and that was this important to the community so when we saw the opportunity to be a part of it to be a, a you know a bidder for it we were absolutely delighted and we were really also very excited um to be selected obviously um through a, a pretty lengthy process so it was a great chance to work on a, a project that's really right up our alley in terms of what we do as a firm but i, I think that what we uh, started out with enthusiasm only, you know, we, we became even more excited about the project once we really started to interact with people in Kansas City and learn about all the enthusiasm there was for this terminal and project. What year was that that SOM was selected and won the bid to do this? It was 2017 that we were selected. 2017. So it's been a bit of a journey, six years. I'm obsessed with the form versus function role of your job. Uh, like, I'm, I'm a words person. I, I, I Math... Any kind of engineering architecture is so far outside of my purview, but I'm, I am obsessed still with the, here's this thing you've been asked to design. It has a massive purpose, millions of people coming in and out of it on a yearly basis. You've got to get people to and from massive, massive 
uh, airplanes that are coming in, but also we don't want this thing to be a big silver box. Like the, the, mm -hmm. the form versus function of building a terminal for you as a designer, what is, what is the first thing when you sit down hypothetically pen to paper? I know it's a lot more complicated than uh, taking out a pencil, but what's, what's the, the first thing you start to think about with a project like this? Is it a form yeah. question or is it a function question? So it's really interesting that you phrase it that way um, because this project for us was really unique in that before we even put pen to paper, we actually reached out to the Kansas City community and had dozens and dozens of community meetings. We sat down with folks who would eventually use the airport. And I think that the feedback that we got from them is right along the question you're asking of, you know, how much of this is form and how much of it is function. So we went to uh, communities all throughout um, the Kansas City region. We went to every uh, city council district. We went to um, uh, even into Kansas visiting with folks. And so it was a chance to really hear from people what they wanted in the building. Um, you know, before we, as I say, really thought about drawing lines and, you know, sizing columns and things. Um, and the, the feedback that we got, some were, you know, a little bit wacky. We had someone suggest that we pipe barbecue smells through the terminal. Um, you know, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. <laughs> Um, but we had, I think that two main themes came back in the feedback. One was that this is a new front door for special. It's got to feel unique. It's got to feel of the region. And so we heard that really loud and clear. Um, the other one was that everyone knows that, you know, the old terminals, the people who love them, love them because they were pretty easy in, easy out. There were a lot of challenges with the old terminals, but I think that that function of it's just the ease of access was something that people really were very passionate about and were demanded that we have in the in the new terminal. So I think that it wasn't just on our minds, this question of form versus function. It was, it was also on the minds of the people in Kansas City who would be using the terminal. So I think what it means as we get into the design process is we're constantly balancing those needs. You know, we want a building that um, that works really well, that's very efficient, that has short walking distances, um, but it also has to have a kind of civic character and an appearance to it uh, that really feels uh, unique and feels like something that people in Kansas City can be proud of. So I, I think that while, as you look at the building, we worked really hard to give the most efficient plan possible, to get the most efficient systems possible. We also were looking at adding touches that, you know, would feel warm, would feel inviting. Um, things that, you know, like uh, having Missouri limestone incorporated into the big back wall of the check-in hall, sure. like having those warm wood ceilings throughout all of the, the circulation spaces. So, you know, we don't see those things as necessarily being at odds with each other, form and function. Um, in an ideal world, the beauty of the building comes from the fact that it, that it is functional. So, you know, I, I think that as we as we approach it, those two things aren't necessarily adversarial. We're thinking of them in harmony and at the same time. Yeah. I was I was trying to think of the right way to ask this question because I'll 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 tell you what I'm trying to get at first and then I'll ask the question. The the security aspect because SOM doesn't just do airport terminals, right? There's there's large buildings of all different kinds of of, of projects. It's not just transportation based designs that you do, right? Yeah, that's right. We work on a whole variety of buildings, some of which folks might know, like uh, One World Trade Center building in New York or uh, the Burj Khalifa in uh, in Dubai. Um, so yeah. we do you know, office towers. We're known for that, but we do everything from libraries to schools um, through to, to airports. So any project you're doing, there is an element of, will this building 
be secure for the people who are going to use it, I'm sure. But when you get to an airport terminal and something in which security is a major function of how it's going to be operated, the way I want to ask this question is because to me, that seems like it might be one of the most challenging aspects of trying to build an airport terminal. Is that naive on my part to think, gosh, it's got to look great. It's got to be functional, but it also has to be safe to use for so many different purposes and for so many different venues and for people and for massive airplanes like is it naive for me to think that security may be the hardest part of what you're doing or where does that rank in the the difficulty of building something like this i'll take this one taylor okay great so yes and that is a very big factor in the design of a terminal um at any airport um it's the it's from the the time that you arrive in your car you know, the security aspect outside the terminal and the, and the public security. Um, but it's making that separation between the secure side and the, and the non-secure side. Um, it's, it's about all of the systems and functions of the building too. So uh, it's not just the passenger separation. Um, it's the, you know, the uh, operations of the airport. It's the baggage handling. And, you know, the baggage handling is one of the biggest systems to design in a terminal. Because it's uh, it miles of space. track, right? Like it's a lot of space. Needs to be efficient to go from the time that you drop your bag off um, to to getting it on the plane, right, and then back. Um, it's the screening of the baggage. Uh, it's you know again the protection at curbside. Um, it, it's a it's a big factor in a terminal. Yes, to keep sure. it secure. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that it's the most challenging aspect of the design because it's it's sort of just it's baked into what we do you know the the at the base of of everything we're doing we're aware of those requirements and i think that the the challenge is not so much um knowing what those parameters are it's more integrating them into the design in a way that it really feels seamless and that you don't feel like you know you're being processed through a machine but you feel like you know you're you're traveling through a continuous space and so i think some of the things that that we look to do is to keep a consistent architectural language throughout the whole of the building so that as you're moving from one one space to another you're seeing some of the same finishes you're seeing some of the same language so that you know there's not this sense um you know that you're uh you're in a completely separate space as you're say moving through the security queue than you are yeah. from you know moving uh into the retail area say yeah if, if you're going to build a building i would i would think and I'm just, I, I told you guys before we started recording I am so terrified I'm going to ask a really stupid question at any point in this interview. So if I do, please soften the blow and say, well, Taylor, that's simpler than you think. But it, it seems to me that when you build a large structure of any kind, one of the first questions you're going to want to know is how many people are going to use this? How many people are going to be in this building at a given time? How many people are coming in and out of it? During the design process, how much of a conversation are you having with the people of Kansas City with the aviation department with Visit KC of, yes, this is how many people use our airport right now. This is how many people we'd like to use our airport in the future. Like, is that a, is that a conversation of trying to figure out how many people are going to be using this and how it might change your design? Yeah, absolutely. So the very early design process, we actually begin with data. 
Uh, we don't begin with with floor plans uh, or, or hand sketches. We start with with numbers, and so it's a it's a combination of factors that come together. Um, but we be, we want to build a building that's going to last for decades. We want something that is not going to need to be expanded the second day that it's open. Um, that said, though, you know we we use the phrase you know you don't build the church for Easter Sunday. Um, you know, we don't build the building for, you know, the absolute maximum capacity that it'll ever have. Um, okay. you know, so what we, we try and do is uh, pr- the, we work with uh, specialists in, in this portion of, um, of the design that can do flight projections for uh, a date in the future, uh, in the distant future, as growth happens in uh, Kansas City in terms of the number of flights per day. Um, we look at those numbers over a, a long time scale and decide on what we call the design day flight schedule. So that is the, the a sort of ideal day. We see how many flights are coming into the building, how many flights are coming out of that building, assuming a certain volume of passenger traffic. And then that for us, that data of that, that flight schedule becomes the guide for how we lay out the gates, uh, how we lay out the runways to ensure that uh, or excuse me, the taxiways and the taxi lanes, which are the names for the areas where the, where the planes um, transit, sure. in order to ensure that there's enough space um, to get in and out, to move the flights where they need to go, to get the passengers through security. So it's really the data at the start of the project that guides the sizing of some of the physical elements of the building. I want to I want to pause for a second to let you guys brag a little bit. And I want to start with Jordan, and then I'll get to Jennifer, same question. What is your favorite part of the new terminal at KCI? What is the thing that you go, man, I love that we did this. Man, I'm, I've never tried this before and it worked out so great. Jordan, first, you answer the first and then Jennifer, same question to you. Um, it, well, there are a lot of things that I think we're all very proud of. In, in it's, beautiful. I, it's a beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful terminal. No, don't get me wrong. I, I have to say that... Um, the bathrooms in it's, you know, maybe that's, uh, you know, it doesn't sound as grand. There are a lot of grand and beautiful civic, civic elements in the building, but you can only imagine how much time we spent thinking about talking about, you know, designing those, those bathrooms. Um, really? And, you know, it's, it's such an important part of the air travel experience for folks, you know, a hundred percent of people coming through the terminal nearly are going to make use of the bathrooms and sure. air travel is already a very stressful um, experience. It can be, you know, um, really anxiety inducing. Um, and so the last thing you want to add on top of that is, you know, a similar experience in in the bathrooms, which can be pretty miserable, uh, particularly in some of the older terminals. So yeah. at KCI, you know, there were a lot of things that we worked to incorporate, like having bigger, deeper stalls, like having doors that swing outward so that you can get your bag in there with you. Um, you know, we thought a lot about, you know, even the way that when you wash your hands, getting to the paper towels without dripping on the floor, how to configure all the accessories in the bathrooms to make that work. Um, it was a pretty unique element in the design because we incorporated uh, occupancy sensors. So when you go into the airport, first thing that you see when you walk in is a screen that tells you how many uh, stalls are open within, yeah. the, within the, the bathroom. So you know exactly, you know, um, which way to go and if it's the right bathroom for you. Uh, and so, and when you get in there, there's a sort of red light, green light system. Uh, so for folks who are listening, who haven't maybe been to the airport yet, you know, there's a, a system that allows you to know whether or not a, a stall is open. Um, and even beyond that, 
the bathrooms integrate uh, into the building management system, which is essentially a, a computer system that reports back things like how many paper towels were used in a day and you know uh, how many people have passed through into the bathroom so they can schedule the cleaning. So you know uh, for something that sounds low tech, it's actually one of the higher tech portions of the design. And then the last piece, just to keep on bragging about bathrooms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it enough. Can't do it enough. <laughs> is, um, you know, the, the, them being gender neutral is a big deal. And we were lucky to have a client in uh, KCAD who, you know, came forward with a really strong stance about, you know, them believing that this was an important element to incorporate, that they thought it was a real benefit to the traveling public. Um, and it was something that they, you know, were really wonderful collaborators with. In terms of carrying the design forward, and so there's been a, there's been a lot of talk about, um, you know, the the bathroom uh, having all gender bathrooms and what that means for the the trans community. But you know, we really see the all gender bathrooms as being a benefit for for everyone. So, for instance, if you are uh, a parent traveling with a child who's maybe a little too young to go into the bathroom by themselves and a little too old to be in the bathroom of the opposite gender. You know, there's um, a chance that you can come in with your kid. You can sit on a bench that we've got built in there. You can watch them as they go into the stall, as they come out. And there's, you know, a, a measure of, of safety there. Um, so I think that there, it also means that, you know, unlike the circumstance you sometimes have where there's a line wrapping around the concourse for the women's restroom and, you know, their stalls open in the men's, it means that, you know, we're actually getting better efficiency out of it. So, um, you know, it, it may seem like a, a small part of the design when compared to big sweeping roof and, you know, the, uh, the glass boarding bridges and all the really exciting um, visual things of the terminal, but we hope it makes a big difference in terms of the way people experience the airport. Jennifer, same question to you. I was not expecting bathrooms in this answer, but I also... <laughs> I don't want you to feel like you can't echo it. If the bathrooms are your favorite part, <laughs> by all means, say that. <laughs> I do love the restrooms, but <laughs> I'll, I'll bring up some more. I, there's a lot of favorite pieces of the airport um, for me. Um, it's all about the passenger experience and the public space and enjoying the public space. I mean, you, you get that uh, sense of welcoming. It's the right scale. Um, it's appropriately sized. There's not congestion, right? My, my favorite showcase of the airport, um, from an architectural and a structural, uh, sense is the departures hall. Uh, you, it's the first place that you enter the building, um, come into the building, you know, it really showcases the exposed structural steel from exterior to interior, it showcases the details, the level of, of coordination that went into this project and the amount of teams that really, you know, worked hard to achieve the final details in the end. Um, it showcases all the natural light. I mean, the natural light is, is, a, is a, you know, a high favorite of mine. It, it was, it made simple moves. It was efficient uh, structurally and from a cost perspective. Um, there's you a know, wow factor when you, you walk in yeah, there. There yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, it gives you the view of the landscape. Um, and of course, you know, Jordan mentioned the limestone backdrop. So, and it's integrated, you know, strategically into the North Courtyard and, you know, the curbside check-in as well. Jennifer, I want to ask you now about the building process, because obviously this takes a, a long time to build. This was uh, more than a year that it took to, to put together, obviously, once you were able to actually get started. The, I, think, I think most people have either driven by or maybe even been in a house while it's under construction and seen the frame 
of, oh, the bathroom's going to go over there. And you, I think most people have that kind of connotation in their head of what that kind of looks like. I doubt that most people have been into a, a structure this size while it's under construction. I was lucky enough to go in about a year out or so, actually a couple of times while it was being constructed. And as I've mentioned a couple of times on this, that this is not my purview at all, but I was just gobsmacked at the the amount of work that has to be done. Just this, the square footage of, well, we got to do something about that over there. We got to cover this over here. Tell me about that that process of what is something that is maybe so incredibly challenging during the building process that me as an air traveler would never even notice or never even think about when I'm walking through it. Like you mentioned the things that I'm going to see. What is something, even if it's something you mentioned earlier about like the, the, the miles of track it takes to get luggage around that kind of thing. Like what is something about that design process that during it, you were going, gosh, this thing is really, really something and no one may ever notice it once they come in. Well, it was, I mean, it was about the sequence of construction and the sequence of our design process. You know, there were, you know, I think we've mentioned many, many stakeholders in this project, the public community, officials, you know, the design team, but it also was the contractors, right? It was a design build project, uh, design build project. Um, for most listeners, you know, to jump into that a little bit more, it's, you know, the contractors there with you and the developers there with you from the beginning of this project, from the beginning of design. Um, so it was about that sequence, right? Um, in 2019, the demolition of the of the building occurred. Yeah. Of, of the existing Terminal A, right? Yeah. And um, but at the same time, we were still completing the design. I mean, COVID came in the beginning of 2020, and the construction was well underway. You know, we've yeah. already had steel being erected. Uh, demolition was done. Um, you know, it was it was about that. Uh, that's that's what you don't see right that's what kept the building on time on budget is that collaboration and working together with every partner in the project um and and that's what kept it on time right it it had to start from from the beginning the construction yeah jordan something you said earlier that i want to come back to <laughs> of all things the piping the smell of barbecue through the place <laughs> tell me the the right set there's isn't there it's it's like the only open pit in an, in an airport terminal in the country or something. Cause we had to have a barbecue element in Kansas city. Isn't there something distinctive about barbecue like specific to our terminal? There certainly is. Yeah. Well, um, I think Jen can, can tell you a little bit more about the coordination on this one, but it, it is, as far as we know, the only uh, smoker that is inside of an airport terminal. So I love that stat so not, much. <laughs> it is not smoked. It is not smoked off site. It's not you know right. coming from somewhere else in the city and being brought on there. Um, it, there is actually an all-electric smoker because the as you may know the terminal actually is an all-electric terminal, um, which is a big sustainability element. Is that in order to um, you know ensure that once the you know the electricity coming off the grid is using more renewables is using more solar, is using uh, more wind power, the, the terminal can take advantage of that uh, over the life of the terminal. It's part of the future proofing there. So the barbecue smoker couldn't be gas fired, you know, couldn't be, uh, you know, uh, hickory uh, charcoal out there. It had to be, um, you know, all electric. Um, but I can tell you that even though it's all electric, 
uh, it still pretty, tastes pretty damn good. Um, it, so uh, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they were Jen, successful Jen on the smell. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it smells right? great in there. But like it, when you when you get this 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 layout that says we're gonna have a we're gonna have a smoker in there. By the way, like is that something you go? I'm sorry. What are we doing? Like, how is that? How are we gonna do that? What is what is that like for somebody in your shoes? Uh, well, um, again, it involved many players, right? So yeah. from from the base building aspect of um, accommodating the space, accommodating the utilities to get to the to the concessions throughout the terminal uh, was a big big factor, a big part of the design. Um, I mean, there's a an abundance of retail and concessions throughout this terminal and i believe there's you know at least four barbecue places i can tell you which one <laughs> yep. one of my favorites but um but yeah a lot of it goes into it i mean from a structural analysis um from the base building and and the mechanical electrical i mean every every building system goes into the thought of incorporating these these restaurants yeah same question. We, we, t- we touched on earlier and something I want to come back to. And Jordan, this may be a you question first, but whichever one of you is better to answer this. The, the comparison to the former terminal and that quote unquote convenience factor is I got here. I moved to Kansas City in 2017, right around the time the vote was happening to approve or not of this new terminals building. And that is what I heard nonstop of. We love this terminal. Here's why. And we've all heard the story. I can get from my car to fill in the blank in however many seconds, that, that kind of thing. Uh, was it ever a, was, is concern the better way to word it? Is it honor request? Like you mentioned earlier, that's what we heard was the convenience. Was that more of a, okay, how are we going to do that? Or I think we can do what people want us to do. Here's how, like, how, how does that, question get answered specifically yeah so uh, i think that the um, that the love for the old terminals was something we that came through very strongly uh i don't think that was a universally felt um you know opinion but it was certainly sure. something that, that we heard about it and you know the we as you know people who are um really architecture nerds um frankly love the old terminals too you know they're really interesting design um by a local architect um, called Bob Berkebile was the lead on on the project. Still a major figure in Kansas City um, architecture and sustainability globally, really. Um, and I think that at the time the air travel was this incredibly glamorous thing, and there was this idea that um, that air travel could be really forward looking. And so the way that that uh, airports were being built was meant to be just as daring just as forward-looking. And so really at the time that the Kansas City airports were built, they were, they were cutting edge. And this idea that you could get right from the front door, right to your um, out of your car and to your airplane, no more than 60 feet was this incredibly revolutionary idea. Um, but, you know, candidly, and I think Bob will tell you this himself, the, the, the terminals were really obsolete almost from the first day they opened. Um, there's a, a great headline in the star on the day of the opening that on, has two headlines. On the left-hand side of the paper, it says, good humor prevails at KCI opening. On the right-hand side, it says, hijacking terror in the skies. And yep. it was part of a spate of hijackings that led to changes in security uh, that only you know were further enhanced when we got to September 11th. And so some of the things that were at the core of the design of the, the, the terminals 
really doesn't function. And so while passengers might be thinking about the idea that, oh, you get through security quickly, what it means for the, the airport is that they have, uh, when they can't group all of the amenities together, you have things like not enough bathrooms on the secure side. You have things like having to have eight Starbucks in two terminals uh, in, in the last configuration, having to duplicate all of your security staff, having to duplicate all of your mechanical systems in a way that makes the building much less efficient. So I think that you know when we think about convenience and efficiency for, for the passengers, um, you know, it was at the heart of what we were thinking about, um, but it was paired with these ideas about the operational efficiency for, you know, a, a public building and what that means for spending passengers' dollars and taxpayers' dollars to make the building work. So I think we have, we have both of those things in mind. But as, as folks move through the building, the new building, we hope that they really experience, um, you know, something that, while it may not be identical to the previous uh, terminals, you know, efficiency is, uh, you know, enjoyable in its own right. You know, that um, yeah. we, we looked at everything to shorten walking distance as much as possible. We also looked at things like minimizing level changes to maintain that convenience. Unlike some places like Atlanta or Chicago, where you've got to go down some escalators, through a tunnel, underground, pop up on the other side. As you move through the, the terminal here, you know, you'll be traveling at the same level throughout. If you're traveling with kids or you're a passenger who has reduced mobility, those things really mean a lot. So even though the layout and the shape of the terminals is a little bit different, you know, we were paying attention throughout the process to ensure that there still was this feeling of ease, openness, and convenience to the passenger experience. Yeah. I, uh, I know Bob and I've seen that headline and I, I mean, <laughs> that, that, uh, that headline you're mentioning, obviously, this being the, the terminals being several decades old is before all three of our times. But I, I, I remember when someone pointed out that, that to me of how incredibly mind blowing that must have been of, are you kidding? We just opened this thing and now we have to completely change the way we operate. So I, I, I'm very familiar with, I, I did a story on it when the, when the terminal is being built, I understand completely. Uh, one last thing I want to ask you about, uh, before we move on to, you know, now past when the terminal is open is uh <laughs> i don't want to make it sound like copy and paste but i i can't imagine that every airport or every terminal that you help that your your company is is works on is completely and totally unique to any other terminal in the in the world are there uh, that you've ever de designed are there are there design elements are there things in our terminal here in kansas city that if some of our flyers ever were to go to some other terminal you've built somewhere else, they'd go, Hey, I recognize that. This is the, this is kind of a, a calling card for SOM. They, they did the same thing in the kids. And that's, that's not to make it like a, Oh, you, you did the same thing here. Like, are there, are there hallmarks that someone else might notice in another terminal that you, you or your company has designed? So we'll, I think we'll both answer this one for you. Um, the truth is that we do uh, approach each of those these projects as completely unique. Um, you know, these these projects, uh, as you said before, are civic buildings. We think of them as really wanting to reflect the communities that they're in, um, because you know you you want to arrive in a place and feel like it is something distinct and, and unique. And that is manifested in a lot of different ways from the materials to the types of restaurants that are incorporated um, to, you know, some of the little touches like incorporating the medallions from the old terminal into the, into the floor here. Yeah. 
So I think as you travel around the world and see some of the other terminals that we've worked on, um, Jen's uh, terminal at JFK, or um, you know, we've got a project opening in Bangalore, India this year, uh, terminal in Mumbai that we opened a few years ago. Every one wow. of them is is really very unique. But I think there are a few through lines that we try to to bring to them. You know, one of them is. Um, uh, a focus, as we said, on you know clarity of, of wayfinding for passengers, you know the ease of, of use. Another is um, you know, that we like to think of the the structure of the airport, uh, meaning the physical structure of the airport, the columns, the beams, as being an important part of the expression of the building itself. So I think as you travel around to our buildings, you know you'll you'll see that that is a, a an important element um, that we think gives you know character and a kind of um you know almost uh you know timeless classical uh feature to the building so that's something that we always look to incorporate jennifer same question <clears throat> yeah i mean a, a lot of the the functional program requirements you know repeat themselves um so it's it's um you know just in, in incorporating, um, you know, a level of a level of uh, detail into what the stakeholders need at the terminal that you're working on. Um, it's a lot of input from operations. It's a lot of input from airlines, and and they have specific uh, requirements, and they and they develop their uh, branding and their criteria um, as they you know, expand into other terminals or expand their flight schedules. Um, so that, that was a lot, of, that's a lot of unique, uh, you know, updating per, you know, per different airport. Yeah. So this last thing I want to, I want to ask you both about is uh, kind of the, the future moving forward. You know, the, the point of this podcast is just to be a year long of, of watching this first year of, of the terminal, because, we'll have decades of it and a, a chance to go back and, and look and, and see what the thoughts were about this terminal in its first year of existence. How much of looking in the rearview mirror, for lack of a better phrase, do the two of you, does SOM do after a project of any kind, but especially one of this magnitude where it's done, it's open. Is it as simple as we finish the project on to the next one? Or is it an element of, you know, three months after it's open, we're going to check on this thing. We're waiting until six months out. We're interested in how the first snowstorm is impacting here at, at, at this airport in Kansas City. Like, what level of continuing to watch the progress of this project that you've spent so much time and energy on is comes from both of your offices? Yeah, I'll let Jordan wrap this up. But, I mean, just as an example, I finished uh, working on the or the project open at JFK in 2013. And to today, I still keep in touch with the, you know, the facilities management that is operating that airport and, you know, see how they're running and get feedback from them and provide feedback to them also, you know, on, on what we're seeing uh, as successes in, in the next terminal. 10 years later, you're still checking mm -hmm. in, taking temperature, that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. And I think the, for both the the traveling public and also for the building owners, um, you know, there's there's a bit of a, a learning curve that happens with these buildings. Um, you know, so you move into a new house, you might not always know how to light the uh, the the pilot on the boiler, or you know, sure. figure out exactly where the the fuse box is, say. Um, 
And so I think that on a much, much grander scale, that's the case with these buildings as well, that it you know takes a while to figure out how to operate and maintain them. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're still in touch with the, uh, the airport on a regular basis about things that they're putting together. Jen's out in Kansas City on a regular basis, still working on, you know, finishing little bits of um, the construction, the, the detailing that, you know, still need to be, to be worked out. So, you know, we, we have built over the course of the six years of design and construction, you know, we build a lot of strong relationships with not only the owner, but also with a lot of the firms in Kansas City. This, this really was designed and built by Kansas City. You're talking to uh, folks who aren't locally based, but we work with three great uh, local architecture firms, HJM, uh, Draw, Wellner Architects, uh, who were really integral to our team and, and helped drive the design forward. That was the same for um, also on the construction side. Uh, there was an enormous number of, of local firms, particularly women and minority-owned firms that were a part of the project. Um, and so, you know, those great relationships continue uh, over time. So I think that, you know, the building has a legacy, not just, um, you know, in its physical embodiment, but also I think in the really strong relationships that were developed through the process. Yeah, even from a, a you know, a, I'll just expand on what Jordan was saying, that the the structural perspective, um, again, local, amazing structural teams working on the project uh, with SOM structures, um, Dubois and Leon O'Kane, um, we even had the chance, um, to talk more about the details of the integrated design, uh, when the Structural Engineers Association of Kansas and Missouri invited us to come. Uh, so one of my colleagues, Alex, uh, who's one of the lead structural engineers, and I got to present, you know, in greater detail, uh, what went into the design of the airport. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I, I think I said while we were recording, I haven't flown out of it yet. I look forward to the first time I get a chance to it, but I've, I've been into it several times covering different things. We obviously have had big events with the NFL draft being here since it's it's been open. So uh, I, I hear wonderful things from all the people that get to go on a regular basis, and we've done lots of stories. So uh, I, I think you both have a lot to be proud of, and, you're, and everyone who's worked on it. I, I, I thank you both for your time, and it's – I know I, I you're probably – we're, we're going to hang up, and you're, you're going to go, man, that – other question he asked were kind of dumb, but I, I, I'm so fascinated by the entire process. Uh, and I, as, as a layperson who has just done nothing more than walk through it, uh, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed and it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful structure. Thank you for your time. Thanks so much for having us, Taylor. Thanks again for listening to episode five of now boarding a limited series podcast from KSHB 41. We'll have another episode for you next month, but if you have questions or suggestions for people to interview, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email me at taylor.himness at KSHB.com for future episodes. Right now I'm looking for people who live near the airport and for people who work there too. So if you'd be willing to share one of those perspectives with me, please reach out. See you next time.